Welcome to Incremental's podcast show, Podrick the Podcast. Today's episode is extra special for us, as it's one of the few episodes we are actually recorded in person. Today's episode features Evgeny Peres, EVP Product Strategy at AppsFlyer. Evgeny is a well-regarded, highly experienced person in our industry. He is a self-proclaimed measurement freak. We spoke with Evgeny about the future of measurement, about standards, or lack thereof, and wondered if we would be having this conversation if it wasn't for ADT. This episode is hosted by myself, Hadar Telem, and Maor Sadra from Incremental. But before we dive into this interview, make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We have a wealth of knowledge, insights, and inspiration lined up for you. So without further ado, let's start the interview about the Measurement Orchestra with Evgeny. Evgeny, thank you for hosting us. Happy to have you guys here. It's one of the few, few episodes that we actually did uh, face-to-face, physical, being in the same room with the other person. Yeah, it's super nice. First time for me. Yeah, first time for me too. I hope it's not the last time. Yeah, hopefully. And first time for you visiting up, sorry, Hadar. Yes, well. it's first time for me. It's a very nice office. Good job. And yeah, it's great. It's great to have you guys here. Cool. So, Evgeny, introduce yourself for the sake of the audience. Um, where do I start? I, um, I joined the industry, been in the industry for, it's going to be 11 years next week, I think, uh, December Congrats. 2012. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, you get flowers from the IAB? But yeah, I've been, I've been around for a lot, 11 years within the industry. Um, my current role is leading product strategy for AppsLire. I joined around a year and a half ago. Um, and backtracking to 2012, I joined a small ad network called Supersonic Ads back then, uh, trying to push it to help it transitioning from desktop to mobile. Um, and, and, and obviously that was a great time, uh, a great timing to be uh, in this market. Learned a lot, uh, grew with the, uh, with the market. Um, um, big, uh, a big fan, uh, a lot of, a lot of passion towards, uh, um, the things that hopefully we'll be discussing today. Um, so yeah, um, basically, uh, 11 years in the, in the industry, uh, supersonic, uh, acquired by iron source where I led product strategy, um, and joined AppSlayer recently. You know, it's crazy that I, I, so I know supersonic from the beginning. I didn't even remember that supersonic actually started as a web. It was Facebook canvas. Yes. Right. Yes. Wow. I, I actually own only remember supersonic on the mobile front. Yeah. And I, every time I, 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 uh, kind of shared those years, I, 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 I mentioned that I joined supersonic as with a Blackberry. No, <laughs> uh, so that, that to show how old I am. Um, but yeah, so much has changed uh, since then. Uh, this is one of the most interesting industries and times to be at. So, uh, and there's still so much to do. So, one percent, one percent done. Also, tell us a bit, like, how was the shift in user level tracking and the limitation imposed by pri- privacy regulation impacted marketing measurement and attribution strategies? Going straight in. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The answer is yes. Uh, yes. There, it, it, there's, there's been some impact. Um, 
I think um, it, it introduced a lot of uh, interesting dynamics uh, for the market as a whole, obviously, on, on how uh, um, performance marketing uh, operates, how um, ad revenues look like, how uh, each uh, player um, addresses it differently. And I think that um, um, obviously it introduced um, a lot of uh, unknowns when it comes to the specific teams, the, the skills required even from the teams, which I think uh, is one of the biggest um, um, uh, things that are, um, I think, that um, um, differentiate between the teams that uh, kept the same skills versus the teams that really adopted quickly and understood that things will forever be different. Um, and I think uh, specifically to to measurement uh, attribution, I think one of the biggest uh, things that people um, uh, were not aware of, of the significance uh, of is is there's one aspect is you know what are the best practice, what is the standard for attribution, which was somewhat standardized by then, uh, but then uh, the introduction of the the additional frameworks that that uh, kind of forced us. Uh, into uh, these dynamics um, in the market did not cover enough the importance of uh, the connection between the, the attribution itself to the marketing channels, the marketing signals, the optimization signals, which is a big uh, gap, um, um, which is still today not standardized. So definitely something that uh, people usually thought about just connecting the dots and understanding who came from where when it would, but when that is uh, uh, is more limited, how do you connect that to the marketing channels? Um, and I, I think to this day, this is something that uh, is not necessarily uh, getting closer to standard. Now, do you, um, you know, we we are here as a follow up to a white paper we recently published. It hopefully you read. And it basically talked about orchestration, okay? Why and how should marketers be utilizing multiple methodologies? Mm -hmm. Let's start with the question, do you agree with this approach? It's, it's uh, I, I could not agree more with this approach. And I think this is one of the gifts that we got from these changes from from the from your previous questions. We, 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 I think the market received a gift that kind of put a mirror in front of how people were used to work. Um, Understanding that it's it was always limited, it's not uh, it's not like uh, something uh, uh, significantly changed in that perspective. But now the the introduction and the conversations around additional frameworks, uh, the first one and the the the, the, the biggest ones uh, that kept going uh, as a conversation was the SKA network uh, framework. Um, and and and, and it combined with that, the the, the rise of incrementality and medium mix modeling on Google Privacy Sandbox, uh, and in general, the, the any probabilistic uh, modeling approach, any conversion modeling approach, which was uh, brought to the market by the marketing channels themselves, and it created this. Uh, uh, it's not a mix. It's it's a cacophony. It's, uh, it's uh, you know the. I, word. I saw this word and I decided not to Google it and I saw it. <laughs> I, I knew that uh, no matter what, what it means, I will never be using it. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> Good choice. Because, uh, yeah, uh, unless I want to, you know, uh, say something that 
I know, I know, I don't, I, I know, I don't know what it means, but that's exactly the, the thing that, that there's, uh, there's uh, so many different realities that that are created, and uh, it creates a, a situation where um, every uh, measurement framework tells you something different. Um, but potentially, they're all correct. That's the that yeah. I think that's the hardest bit is that I think they're all correct if applied. They could, they could be. Let's say oh, yeah. if done correctly, you can have three methodologies correct, mm -hmm. giving you different answers. And I think this is where uh, I think acknowledging that each methodology is uh, partial in, in what it sees and how it connects uh, the dots. Uh, I think it's important to acknowledge that. Yeah. yeah. So, like, how do you approach it? What do you do with it? Exactly. So, so it, it, while acknowledging it is, is understanding its its blind spots, I think a good example would be uh, the easiest one would be when it comes to scan would be things like um, web app or a certain um, search engagements, things like that. Uh, it doesn't mean that it's worthless. Uh, it just means it paints a, a part of the picture and it, it probably will be skewed. Same like any conversion modeling and in, in, in any other uh, uh, framework has its limitations. But once you acknowledge that, I think you, you, uh, the, the, the framework that is missing is how, um, how do you make decisions uh, with that. Mm -hmm. And this is also where people sometimes uh, miss how important it is to have the marketing channels consume the signals properly. So it's not only about decision-making and justifying your, your optimization, um, changes or your your forecasting budget allocation but rather here's how I'm making my decisions but also I want to make sure that it's funneled uh, properly to the channels mm -hmm. uh, and the methodology of how to operate it usually what I'm seeing for now in in, in general uh, uh, people are still doing what they've been used to most of them uh, for so many years and even if they see a different reality uh, usually they uh, choose to uh, I'm not saying ignore it, but they they revert to what they're used to because that's what the you know that's it's, it's scary to make decisions based on what it's you're the easiest. Way. Yeah, and I don't see that. Uh, I don't see anything any of these frameworks going away. Maybe the balance uh, and the importance based on the methodologies that will be developed on top will change. But at the end of the day, someone that is acknowledging the the blind spot uh, the blind spots of each framework that is acknowledging that he should be using uh, multiple frameworks I think the the uh, the 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 um, the best will also develop their own uh, framework of how do you uh, merge uh, between those even if it's uh, the frameworks are for a, a separate uh, use cases some are day to day some are more long term but even then there's value. Uh, beyond that, and sometimes it will shift your decisions 5% here, 10% there, and that will develop its, uh, into uh, that methodology. Um, and with the lack of standard in the market, that's going to be, uh, I think, a big gap to close, uh, not only in, in terms of technology, but also um, education, uh, because the market does need a, a standard. Yeah, uh, and I think uh, how the market collaborates on that and acknowledges these gaps uh, will 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 uh, be crucial in how the whole market navigates to these changes, which I think in general are great. 
last week, uh, Adan, I interviewed Ben Yeager, which I guess you also know, he's now at uh, Moloko. And one of the things that we brought up that's like, so uh, I, that's, you kind of touched on as well, um, some of the platforms started developing their own probabilistic mm -hmm. approach, which makes sense. You would do the same if you would be on the media side and you had first party data. Now, indeed, we're getting to the point where there is a clear tear. There is a tear between the demand and supply. The supply wants to be able to claim, here's how much I generated based on my own logic. The uh, demand is doing either the count or probabilistic incrementality or probabilistic MMM modeling. Um, who do you think is in the position to create this standard? I think this is... Uh, I think w without naming names, actually, I think it's... it's, uh, it's, it's you can see the evolution even before these changes of how some... Uh, some uh, some marketing channels have developed their own um, reality, which is mm -hmm. it's their decision, it's their product, um, and the market uh, kind of adapted to that uh, and, and solved that problem. I think back then the problem was mainly, let's say, the, the duplication of you know who gets paid for what, um, and also how the bidding strategies uh, evolved around uh, CPM, CPC, CPI, and 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 the arbitrage in between. So it kind of worked uh, for the market. And and when you look at the last three years, you can literally see even uh, the, the, the the platforms, uh, the, the, uh, the mobile platforms themselves, Google and Apple, how they develop their own approaches to the problem. How do they, um, I think, also evolve after seeing each other's approach and how do they solve, they're trying to solve uh, a very similar problem in very different ways. And I think that's a good example of even that, will that ever uh, end up being similar? Because we were used to that being pretty similar over the years. Um, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen. It's probably going to take out five, seven years, something like that. And in the meantime, you'll see the different marketing channels themselves, because of that, also develop their own uh, um, approaches to that. And I think also that's fine as long as there's uh, whoever is spending the money is feeling confident to to make the decisions properly, and with the lack of standard, I think this is where you know thinking about the, uh, our company and 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 the, the similar players in the market. Um, if we don't treat this uh, respond uh, in a responsible way, understanding that this is not about who who uh, you know who releases this feature or that product, it's about uh, really understanding this gap and 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 collaborating towards. Uh, creating that uh, trusted uh, decision-making environment. And um, we, we, we made some, uh, some, some progress there also in the last uh, couple of weeks. We've announced uh, um, standards for re-attribution or re-engagement. For, yeah, so, so we, we, we announced the, the, the enriched in engagement type, which actually is, even without the changes in 2020, is still is something very important where even the standards of what is an impression, what is a click, and how do you prioritize between them? How do you give uh, the right impression, the right credit? Uh, whether it's a banner, a full screen, a skippable video, uh, a non-skippable playable, whatever it is, how do you bake that into a model that uh, that uh, uh, gives you uh, more control? And we have plenty of, of, of the biggest partners join on that front because everyone feels the pain of the lack of standardization. So even um, you know, it also forced us to, I think, for the first time, uh, also uh, reform those 
standards, and and we're lucky to be in the position of of uh, of, of having such a big market share. I think it's it's hard without it, but I don't see this as something that uh, uh, you know it's it's not a it's not a feature product that, that belongs to us. I, I I believe that the market should uh, adopt it and. And, and over time, whatever it will evolve to, uh, whatever it is, I think uh, it's, it's best for the market to uh, to to reach that point. And, and looking at the different frameworks, and this is only one, I think that's another uh, challenge that we we I think we we announced it even before I joined around two years ago, which is this track of you, 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 there's more than one framework, and uh, our job is not only to facilitate all the separate frameworks wherever they're coming from. And a good example is SK is, it's not ours, it's Apple's, mm. but it's there. It's valuable. There's a lot of uh, great insights there. It has a lot of challenges on the other side, but we cannot ignore it. Um, and now there, when there's two frameworks, how do you help people digest those into uh, one? Uh, uh, we, we kind of the V1 was, it uh, was really, uh, connecting, uh, these two, but the, the philosophy is whatever these frameworks are, there will need to be one place where you will make decisions, even if frameworks are, are, are built differently, uh, to build that confidence and, uh, and hopefully create that standard across the industry, which will also help connect the dots better with, with the marketing channels. Because with the lack of standard standardization, the marketing channels will keep, uh, um, uh, they will stay more disconnected from what the advertisers really do and how did they decide on, on where do the next dollars go? Yeah. So, like, there are a lot of frameworks or measurement frameworks. Mm -hmm. There is SKAD, um, there is regular uh, classical attribution, let's say user level data with fallback to probabilistic. Um, there is also, like, new or returning methods such as incrementality, uh, media mix modeling. Do you think that we were here talking about incrementality or MMM or combination of different framework uh, if it wasn't for Apple's changes? What do you think? I think not. <laughs> but I was on the well, other side and I think... Yeah. yeah. So Ma'ol has his own opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'm speaking in the name right. of advertisers that were comfortable working with basically their own uh, methods of attribution, whether it's user level or probabilistic, most of people don't know which is what yet, mm -hmm. still, up, up until today, uh, I believe, like, as the one building the infrastructure, aggregating it up and uh, connecting it to kind of cost uh, aggregations, I think that this is the reason why it's still difficult for people to kind of uh, adapt to the new reality and understand that it has changed because it's much more complicated to make uh, decisions right now. And I don't think that we would do that unless we would like have to. <laughs> so I think we wouldn't be here with Evgeny talking about this topic if it wasn't for Apple and Google's changes. I think I would still be doing it current because we started the company before Apple yeah. was announced because yeah. I saw the problem. Because you knew it's coming. You knew. No, I think <laughs> I, I, I did. I did, by the way. Um, I wrote, no, I wrote articles about this. It was obvious for me. Um, but I didn't start the company because I thought user level data is going to go yes. away. I thought yes. that incrementality is a big enough topic. For sure, though, we would probably have one-tenth of the customer we have today Yes, if it wasn't for these. I think, uh, so, uh, I also personally spoke about incrementality uh, in my uh, previous role as well, and this is something that um, was missing. Uh, it's it, 
I think it's a good example where where uh, where last touch is critical because that also is is, is the the framework that is also the only one currently that's really feeding all the marketing channels in real time, which is a big yeah. part again of yeah. of yeah, and that's of, not going away. It's it's evolving to many different ways, and also SK is is, is addressing that as well. But but that that uh, that aspect in the, in the Google Privacy Sandbox is, is is another example of how critical they see it as well as um, as part of their um, how how uh, part of their solution. But um, I think incrementality specifically was uh, um, a big uh, blind zone for performance marketer, assuming that. Uh, um, whatever uh, is attributed to a certain channel uh, deserves 100%. And even I think what, what was surprising to see, uh, you know, uh, things like, um, for example, search, which is usually the brand that search was, was, I think is the easiest example, which is perceived as the least incremental, but even then has value. How do you measure that? Uh, not to mention um, um, the topics of ad fraud and viewability when you to get uh, things attributed to somewhere looks great, but is it really incremental? Um, and I think um, incrementality uh, specifically something that uh, we still should be talking about um, regardless of these changes. Um, you know, even looking at platforms that are still uh, operating as usual, like Android, I think it's still something that is um, Another good example of you still operate on last click, but you do, you want these insights to read and understand. Mm -hmm. How do you um, uh, bake that into your decision? It doesn't mean it's replacing anything. It's just a good example of how it's complementary. Uh, um, so yeah, I think if it's uh, uh, if we were to be meeting here today, I think this is this might have been uh, a topic, but just because I think specifically for us, we saw we saw uh, personally uh, um, how it's missing in the market. But if you, if, is it a would this be a popular conversation in the ecosystem? No, I, <laughs> this would be a small consultancy speaking uh, with exactly. It's uh, it's it's just for the for the measurement uh, freaks. Uh, it's, <laughs> yes, I think that you know they dream up, uh, but yeah, it's not something uh, popular to them. I think on the other side, because it did become so popular to talk about it. Um, to the level that it's like you, so you, everyone is talking about it. Uh, and, you know, I don't remember exactly the saying where if uh, like everyone are talking about it, assuming everyone is doing it. So they're, they say they do it, but no one is really doing it. That, that kind of, I think it's like this uh, Danny Reilly quote. I think it's about uh, teenage sex or something like that. <laughs> um, and um, I, I think so the popularity of, of these like keywords uh, rose, but it doesn't really mean that people understand what how to operate these frameworks for sure um, and uh, like two years ago so i mapped out you know our customer mm -hmm. like lifetime two years ago was visionaries it wasn't even the early adopters it's people who saw what we're building and they came that was one of them um later it was the early adopters okay mm -hmm. people who are again as you call it the measurement risk <laughs> my god yeah. apologies to the audience um, we I'm are the I'm measurement freaks. Yeah, 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 it's all of us here. <laughs> identify myself. Now, now we're getting into like early majority. Early majority is again definitely driven by not just the hype, but almost by the understanding of the necessity. Mm -hmm. okay? But the late majority—that's the biggest chunk. Mm -hmm. they, they, they are conservative. 
it will only come if if there the, they will be some standards uh, standards and really? there will be um um a clear uh, you know uh, survival threat coming there and um, it's not there and also i think even now with the people that are that are engaging with the you know i'm even putting aside the uh, media mix modeling and the and the incrementality um even scan it's not uh, something that people uh, necessarily engage with uh, as they should i think because some as you know some of them uh, see certain value um and some are trying to understand what the value is but and some are just you know they're just getting ready for whatever apocalypse is coming um but that's that's this is in in this like a, a, a adoption curve I think still there's a lot of people that are engaging with it now without really understanding yet why are they doing it, what for, how do the, the so it's it's a learning experience sometimes you know I've seen cases where people are just kind of forced into hey like we need a just like a, 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 a this uh, uh, be prepared for the scenario of like some some rainy day um, and it's still not from like a, a, a bigger need or they really feel how their needle will move the, the next morning. And this is, I think, the challenge also, I, I guess, in, I, I assume it's a challenge for you guys as well in, in your product development. How do you really understand, um, solve the problem for the masses, not necessarily for the early adopters that are, you know, uh, yeah. have their own perspective uh, on things, but that not might not exactly what the be what the market needs. So, so you know, this is kind of where we are on at, are at now, and I think that it will change in the next year. Uh, they're still, still moving slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Now we spoke a little bit about the topic of data discrepancies uh, without talking about the word discrepancy, but essentially the differences between what platform reports, what attribution reports, mm-hmm. what MMM could report, what incrementality might report. And again, we agree that it's like um, different angles of the same thing. Now, when building, let's say, an MMM model, an MMM, the end is is there to create uh, projections, plans, scenarios, and so on. Question is, what data should companies be like taking into that MMM blender when the d- data doesn't really align that well with one another? I think there's things that uh, I guess the most counterintuitive things you're that is challenging it. I mean, other than you know the the list is 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 uh, from my understanding should be unlimited to really understand all the different external factors that are um, uh, can really uh, uh, are really influencing the outcome of 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 one's uh, marketing efforts. Uh, and one of the inputs, for example, is is mask like attribution, uh, right? So this is like probably the first thing that that are on boards probably, but even then. Um, is that uh, you know you maybe scan as well and, and other elements, but understanding that it is uh, by itself also uh, has its spine zones. Um, I think it's it has to be also and uh, kind of be acknowledged that in, in how it's onboarded. For example, uh, I don't know five years ago when you were looking at uh, well, I don't know uh, let's say eight years ago when you're looking at uh, um, your paid users versus organics, you, you had a certain confidence that like this is, I mean, understand that like not everything is 100% incremental, but that's these users touched uh, through 
some ad engagement and, and moved into my product. Today, um, you know, uh, there's there's many uh, many more uh, blind zones, and this is more in my perspective. I would call it attributed than than uh, non-attributed, rather than paid and organic. And this is something I think that helps me uh, set the expectations when I look at a certain data set. Um, understanding that yes, I understand that this is what was directly attributed for whatever reasons, and this is what scan says. Um, but then there's something there in between that's just uh, harder to to address. Um, and I think this is something that I think in how people uh, connect all the different data sets and onboard uh, 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 one of these uh, advanced models, how do they themselves perceive those gaps um, as an input, I think, is something that also differs per geography, per app, per industry. Some of the bigger brands is different than some, some of the smaller ones. Uh, and these discrepancies, I think, for, uh, for, for me, as a measurement freak, they were always there, and they were always um, where I was kind of trying to reach a point where I, I can explain all of it. And since discrepancies grew, um, I think it's it's also where the opportunity is because it will never be the same, but at least understanding why it is not the same, uh, it should be an input, I think, in, in, in how you uh, try to build that better uh, view of what's happening. So if we talk specific, specifically about what AppsFlyer is kind of proposing, how is AppsFlyer helping companies uh, make this shift in paradigm, like both from an educational standpoint as well as product. Like, what is the optimal case for media mix modeling, for incrementality, or for less touch attribution? So, I, I think um, on the on the educational front, since we we have uh, you know we have the platform to to provide as much information as possible to handhold uh, some of the you know, uh, we're talking about you know tens of thousands of, of 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 people that are logging into our platform on a daily basis. You know, our, our our team that is engaging with on a daily basis, and these questions come on a daily basis. So, how do we equip ourselves with the with, with providing the right answers? A lot of it is around best practices. A lot of it is around um, just answering uh, you know uh, um, very uh, specific things. And I think by now some people are maybe even, you know, shy about asking questions because of it, at least for some of the frameworks that have been for a, a while. So so don't be shy. Um, and and um, I think that's a big part of what we do because in that process we also understand better, uh, manage expectations better of, of how does that really, uh, or where does that really meet their day-to-day. Um, that's that's one front on, on on the I want to say on the on the on the product side. Um, I mentioned this uh, this approach where we productize merging two frameworks into one and mm-hmm. and hopefully more and also acknowledging that that is not enough and we need to have that to be translated to the signals towards the marketing channels where some of them are basically. Uh, building their own approaches without having um, even the, the bigger picture, um, and the, obviously there's the, there's the, the, the smaller um, um, efforts around the facilitating other frameworks that are not uh, still there, and and, and we're, we're engaging that with a, with a smaller group of, of, of clients with through the, through 
um, um, uh, the, the, this product development uh, approach. And I think on the, on the bigger kind of ecosystem uh, perspective, because of um, this, so one part would be the kind of how big we are, which can help us uh, create these standards. If we collaborate properly in the industry, that's nice. But also when you look at, I guess, some of your challenges now, you know, on one hand you have, you know, privacy, uh, you know, platform changes, regulations coming in. It's much, much harder to uh, have data sets and, and CSVs file flying around. Mm -hmm. Um, what we believe is since, since we are positioned as an entity that basically creates, uh, by design, this huge data set that has been connected for so many years, you know, which is probably one of the things that you are trying to also consume in your case as a company. Um, how do we, uh, allow for companies to collaborate on top of that data without that, those data sets, uh, flying around because it's much, much harder uh, to have companies feel comfortable with, uh, yeah, giving full access to the data, um, and, and this is a big part of what we'll, of our privacy cloud platform. We're basically on top of that data. Two companies, one of them is an advertiser, uh, utilizing AppsFlyer, or any company to engage with that, simplify um, um, the commercials around that, um, the, the, the interaction with the data. Because at the end of the day, it's about collaborating on top of the data. There's a lot of first-party data that is involved, uh, and basically both enabling innovation on top of that, but also um, creating the trust to actually collaborate with more data uh, on top of that platform. And I think this is something that the, the industry should benefit from. Uh, the data clean room. Yeah, the data clean room is kind of the how. That's, mm -hmm. that's the, that, that, uh, the, that the framework itself. But on top of that, what, what tools uh, you build and how do you to really bring that to the market. And this is where, uh, I think we will be able to, uh, bring, uh, more innovation, maybe from companies that have not been founded yet, uh, on top of that data that's sitting there and, and waiting to, uh, 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 to be utilized properly to help people, uh, really grow their companies. Uh, I don't see us personally developing, uh, dozens of different solutions for each, uh, I don't think that's, that's, um, uh, that's what we should be doing. And I think this is, um, you know, if, if one of our, you know, clients is, uh, struggling with something and there's a great solution out there for them, that's, I think, and, and we, we help that match happen. I think that's great for everyone involved. Uh, so it's, um, you know, uh, more, um, complimentary like, product. Yeah, I think I think there's so many more things that that uh, will evolve, um, you know, especially with what's happening with AI. That I believe that by the time you know today we're meeting on Sunday, I don't know when this will be aired, but there's going to be even more uh, things coming out, and and these this huge wave of AI that is coming in, it's very hungry and thirsty for data. Uh, but Adar doesn't agree with me, but I believe that. Uh... Like the marketing analyst role will very much change things to AI. Again, I don't believe in this, like AI will take our job, you know, but um, that the marketing analyst will be able to essentially prompt the data to give them what they want. You still need the skill to know what you want. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but it, it won't be available for everyone. Maybe if the marketing analyst is, is a good role to work with it, but not like I'm saying that a lot of people have different 
personas that not always know to ask the right questions. Agreed. And then AI will not be able to help you. No, this, this I completely AI agree. already helps analysts today. I just think it's not well enough evolved to answer all of our questions immediately as they are formed. <laughs> I think this is, uh, I agree on, on, on that front a lot. I think the assumption that, uh, especially, you know, you mentioned this on the adoption curve, but the assumption that, especially now where, especially, you know, the environment changed, the skills required have changed. Um, and many do not acknowledge it yet, but the assumption that people uh, operating these huge, you know, budgets and, and going building these the, the, the decision-making uh, processes, the assumption that they know they're asking the right questions is probably wrong in many cases. And I think... Um, this part of that is, is is knowledge. Part of that part of that is is really um, collaborating on how, what exactly is the challenge that they're facing. And I think in in, in this discovery process, uh, there's a lot of great things that are coming uh, out of it. And uh, and even then, I, even then, I think probably the problem should be, which question should I be asking mm-hmm. right before mm-hmm. you you just see right because yeah. you don't know so many things now. Um, um, and I, I hope that people will, will reach that point. Uh, I think for all of us, and I think for the ones that have been in this for so long, it's, it's harder. There's so much, uh, so many changes. There's so much ongoing learning on a, on a daily basis. There's so much humility required to really grow day by day. Um, and it's, uh, it is challenging at the same time, also frightening because you know that maybe someone else somewhere is doing things better than you and in you know add to that you know the the macroeconomy challenges you know cpi is going up ltv is going down so how do you manage that uh, as a company i think is 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 a big uh, part of of success here let's go for a couple of practical um, so from a use case standpoint because you you mentioned it a few times as well what i think is the like the use case where like standard user-based attribution is best for, like even in today's world, even five years from now. Mm-hmm. I think um, the, when, for example, when, when I look at the privacy sandbox as an example of something that um, is, um, you know, is, is already uh, pretty baked in, in, in the philosophy of how, um, that will look like, and you can see how uh, important is the, um, the deterministic user level um, attribution itself, including the signal itself to the marketing channel, but also how you can do that very differently than than what we were used to. If it's you know you know we talked about these huge data sets traveling uh, around the world mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, uh, if it's happening on the device itself. Um, it can still feed um, the marketing channels properly to understand and optimize their um, their uh, systems as as they go. Um, I think it's hard to disconnect that with. Uh, I think another good example is you know the the official, unlike uh, you know ATT, the official look at Sandbox, um, you know, shutting down completely the the, the advertising. Like there's no. There's no middle ground there. Um, once you take it fully to to the device itself, and uh, if that is gone, how do you target ads? How do you retarget 
people. Mm-hmm. And and like when you look at these uh, specific topics, uh, no pun intended, but specifically <laughs> the topics itself, uh, how do you, how does it help uh, uh, the marketing channels find the right audiences better? Um, uh, address that. Uh, uh, better and and how do you retarget better? Um, and I think actually both of these will, when 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 looking at the topics element, I think it will um, create a better level playing field uh, across the different marketing channels. Uh, it will introduce an additional insight that many of these platforms didn't really have about that specific ad engagement because it's not necessarily about, hey, have I seen that specific user and 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 and. And, and what do I know about his engagements in the past? But rather, just just describe the user to me. What what do they like, and what do they uh, uh, usually engage with? Um, and 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 the, the the protected audiences API, for example, by addressing uh, retargeting, I think the way it's, it's it is now simplified uh, will also unlock a lot of uh, companies uh, solving for that and, and, and addressing that different than how we were used to because retargeting until now basically required sending all these CSVs and connecting mm-hmm. all these APIs and again all these all the sensitive data flying around but it, that is not really required to operate about um, uh, performance marketing efforts at scale if that will really happen right but but this trajectory really does paint a picture where there's actually other ways to do pretty much the same and maybe even better uh, in the age of, of privacy. So I think that's, uh, and the col- collaboration on top of that also I think brings a lot of great insights uh, into the conversation. So that to me um, creates this um, kind of uh, light at the end of the tunnel of how things should look like um, when it comes to uh, last touch. Um, I think I forgot the rest of the question, right? No, no, that was that was the last touch link. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the next one is how do what is the use case you see for incrementality measurement? I think, yeah, like I said earlier, I think um, it's very important to uh, work with each channel uh, and kind of go as deep as possible in how you optimize it. I, I'm I I rather go as deep as possible for Kind of skipping to the next one and operating. Uh, and when you see, when you see, the, this is kind of what the fridge is between. I guess the 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 best of the best versus the the good ones would be how deep do they operate each uh, each marketing effort before they kind of expand to other efforts. Um, and uh, incrementality by itself is part of that framework for each marketing effort. That's great. This is how it operates, but. Is this how much I should be investing in this in terms of uh, kind of my incremental gross? And it's an it's an it's an ongoing input that that I think uh, is is required. And again, is is not that widely adopted. But that's um, I think hopefully uh, is 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 uh, is something that will be productized better uh, as well and, and introduced better as an additional insight as part of your day to day to to. Uh, to make uh, kind of the same decisions, but with higher confidence to justify your actions. We move to the... Yeah. There. 
we move to the last and the fun question. So we're talking about measurement orchestration coming from an orchestra without using the word cacophony. <laughs> but if you were in an orchestra, Evgeny, what, what instrument would you be playing? Uh, is a cacophony an instrument? No, no, no. It's a, it's a uh, nicely it's playing It's a wrath of... Uh... Me personally? Yeah. <laughs> it's supposed to be a fun question. Yeah, but... I don't know. Um, I, I, so I'm... Um, I do not play any uh, instrument, unfortunately. You're writing the question. Yeah, yeah, no. So this is one. It's, it's, it's so I'm, I'm I, I, although I, I, I always wanted. Which one? What does your spirit animal play? Probably, uh, <laughs> probably uh, uh, yeah, an, an electric guitar, I guess, or a piano, or or drums, yeah. Simple ones, I guess, uh, but I am not the expert on this topic, obviously, as you can see, well, due to the cacophony uh, challenges. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I hope this answers your question. <laughs> Thank you very much again. And thank you for hosting us. It was an absolute pleasure. Always yeah. great seeing you. Yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, looking forward to the next one. Cool. Bye.